I, I don't like to have limits. And what I could see from the outside looking in is that this is just a guy, he has only a few employees at this office, and I'm consulting on property after property after property of his portfolio, and he's paying us these large consulting fees. You're listening to The Azria Show. If you're looking for quality real estate investing information that you can trust, you've found it. Stay tuned and join the tens of thousands of members that have already benefited from Azria, your home for education, market information, support, and networking opportunities that will advance your real estate investing career. Hello, 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 Azria Show family and Azria Show members and Azria members and we welcome our guest. Our guest on today is Garrett O'Connell. Garrett is a transplant from San Diego. He's been here in the Valley for about five years. And ever since he's been here, he's been doing some amazing things with a rental portfolio, fix and flips. He has, he's doing some wholesaling and guess what? It's a family run business. So it's him, his dad, some other family members. So if you want to get that family perspective and you want to know exactly what Garrett is doing, you definitely need to tune in and listen up. So without any further delay, Garrett, man, welcome to the show. How you doing? Oh, man. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for getting together with me today. I'm doing really, really well. Interesting things going on in the market, and, and I'm happy to jump on today and talk about it. All Thank right. You. So I have my co-host, Mike, who's here, and he'll be asking quite a few questions. And we'll, we're just going to have a laid back conversation with, with Garrick here on today. So Garrick, kind of starting out, why don't you introduce yourself to the people, to our listeners? I know I did, I did a brief little introduction, but kind of give us the backstory of who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. So why I'm here today is, is Azria been an Azria member way before moving to the Valley, seeking to get connected and, and know about investing in Arizona before I moved to Arizona. I used to you know, travel from San Diego to, to Phoenix and even go to the Prescott subgroup meeting up there. And, 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 and that's how I, I kind of just tried to lay down roots and, and begin my investing and in, in group here. So later on, from just going to the Azria IPO, buy and hold group, income property owners group, which I host now, but was hosted by Bobby Waymore and her husband, Charles. And I, I was just a, a regular guy who would, would go to the meeting, attend, come to learn, share my experience investing, learn from other investors, learn from Bobby and her husband who are major veterans and and, and just soak it all up. Cause before that, I really, I had bigger pockets was my, it was my yeah. university. That's where I cut okay. my teeth on, on where to start. Right. I think like a lot of investors, we know what we want. I definitely had this uh, dream that I would be in San Diego and investing out of state, which, which a lot of these books uh, show about putting your toes in the sand while you sit in front of your laptop and invest. And, mm. and uh, it didn't turn out like that but it, it, it turned out really great. And so I spend uh, more time in Arizona than I planned, but I also spend as much time as I want anywhere else. So. Awesome. Do you get back to San Diego often? Yeah, I, I go back often. I, in fact, <laughs> I don't even, from Bobby's lead, I don't even have the subgroup during summer. So oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we take, oh, we wow. take our group okay. off for the, the summer so I can 
enjoy getting out of the heat, right? And, and work when I okay. have to. So it's correct that you did not do real estate prior to moving to Phoenix. Uh, right? Not at all. No, I was not licensed. I had little to no experience with any kind of, uh, I've never purchased a house before Arizona. My family was not in real estate. We all, we all got in together at the same time. And so, so help us real quick, Gary, help, help us understand it. So you move from San Diego and you come to Phoenix, you don't know much about the Phoenix market, but you say, Hey, but I'm going to be a real estate right. investor. Let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. So where's the connection? How did I get from there to here? So <laughs> I used to work for a, a family a friend of mine doing architecture and construction consulting. And you could say it does relate to real estate and, and how buildings and, and how we as people, you know, interact with structures, houses, commercial buildings. And it does. But I got this firsthand experience was to meet owners of 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, you know, multifamily uh, properties in, in San Diego based on the kind of consulting that we did. And I would meet these guys and, and sign up these large consulting contracts. The owner of the company is extremely successful, really, really sharp, intelligent man um, with his success gets to enjoy a lot of uh, luxury things like Rolls Royces and, and nice cars and, and a nice, beautiful life. And, and rightfully so, he's done a ton of work to earn it. On the other end, we've got these multifamily owners who can pay my consulting fees pay for our company. And I, and I just, I would look from, you know, my side of the table where we're all doing extremely well. Right. But these guys mm -hmm. can, can throw down $50,000 checks for consulting every other week. So the question, Garrick, what, what's something you could share with the audience? So when dealing directly with people with hundreds and hundreds of uh, units and they're able to drop $50,000, uh, just on consulting, what what can you share with our audience that maybe only has one or two or three rentals that right. they do? It's a, well, just one tip. No, I, I love it. So, so it was having this unadulterated access to these owners, hundreds mm -hmm. of millions of dollars of properties, right? This is California. These are one 30 unit is worth 10 million back then. I don't, you know, <laughs> and talking to them and I remember talking to this one gentleman that like, he was my client. I brought him in. I did all the consulting directly with him. And, and, and he started with a fourplex and he owned, if I, I'm going to ad lib this, but between 50 and 75 multifamily properties in San Diego. And, wow. and he started with a fourplex and he just grew and he was just, he's just a guy, just a guy that worked extremely hard to grow and, and build his portfolio. And I, I was absolutely on the outside looking in, but personally, I, I don't like to have limits. And what I could see from the outside looking in is that this is just a guy. He has only a few employees at this office and I'm consulting on property after property after property of his portfolio. And he's paying us these large consulting fees. So one bite at a time kind of thing, right? How do you eat an elephant, right? So is that what you're getting at? Like, Yeah, one bite at a time. He started with a fourplex and he had several hundred unit complexes all the way down to like 10, 20, 30s in between. So seeing that, I just, the wheels turn. I've yeah. always been kind of an entrepreneur, had different things going on on the side. and But I wanted to, I wanted to 
be successful and seek out that level of wealth. And the, the only way that I could see that as accessible to me based on, on having that demonstration is real estate. And I, I think, I lo- go ahead. I love it. It's kind of like what Marcus was saying before we got on, we started the show um, using the podcast to get to people that you want to talk to. Right. Whereas a normal call. So you kind of did the same thing. Like you were able to leverage your, your consulting business to get to this, this, this knowledge, right. And, and right. that's great. Love it. So now that you, now that you moved from San Diego to Arizona, what was that first step? Yes. I know you joined as before you moved over here, but what was that? What was that first thing that you had to do in order to really learn the landscape of Arizona and know kind of what, what niche you wanted to be in? So that was trial by air, right? Okay. It's, I knew I wanted to be in buy and hold and I, I knew that that's where I wanted to go. I, but I had this drinking from the fire hose, they call it, with how much information there is online and mm-hmm. just so much, so much information, um, really starting with bigger pockets, honestly. And, and then the meetings at Azria that I attended and, and like Google searches. And, and so I started with postcards, advertising directly to sellers to find off market properties and then networking in, in the community. Flagstaff is, is where I, I did my first flips, first buy and holds, and it's a small town. So I had to learn the, how to value properties. Then okay. I did have some experience on construction coming from that architecture construction consulting business, but I'd never actually flipped a house. Right. You know? What led you to get up to Flagstaff? Because thinking me, you know, if I'm going to a new state, looking at the, the more healthier markets, not saying Flagstaff right. isn't, it's just smaller, oh, like you said. Totally. So, yeah. So why'd you take that turn up north? And do you, uh, that's where you did your first deal, right? Yeah. Honestly, it's my, my dad had bought a house up there to retire in. Oh. And okay. I could live in a bedroom and have a, a desk in the corner and manage my costs until I could get this off the ground because I burnt, burnt the ships. I had their help and, and we're doing this business together, but it was very, it was, it was lean. We had to, we had to, to start running, which is, it's not easy, right? Yeah. So you didn't have, you didn't have that perfect business plan with all the boxes checked and <laughs> everything was just perfect and ready to go. Yeah, so I I did actually. I had a really really pretty business plan, a lot of uh, plans set out, but they're all based off speculation, all based off of if I do this, it should that, right? Okay. What I found out is I've grown up in large cities where I've been able to, you can really leverage localized businesses and networks. and, And I just planted myself in a small town. And I didn't know how it operated. And it was very, very different. There were a lot of challenges that I had no clue I was going to come against in a small town, which is luckily coming into Arizona when we're still seeing distressed properties available. But if you ask the locals, they're overpriced. It's yeah. always overpriced as time, as time goes, yeah. right? Yeah. But we, we, we do deals anyways. And the biggest problem I had up there was uh, there's not a lot of labor force. And the mm. contractors charge a huge premium because there's a build season. I'm coming from sunny San Diego where when when the heat rises in the summer, we all hide inside for like an evening. And I come yeah. here and there's monsoons, there's uh, snow, there's all kinds of weather that stops construction. And in a small town, they just take winter off because there's, there's not 
a lot of business for these major contractors to, to serve. So they just take it off. And, and so there was a lot of challenges that I came against unbeknownst to me. So really, how did I end up in Flagstaff? It was a, a free room to stay in while I grew the business. <laughs> gotcha, Great. gotcha. So tell us, tell us, Garrett, tell us about that first deal, moving from San Diego to Arizona. Tell us about that first deal, because I know you had to learn the landscape of the land pretty quick. So kind of walk us through that. Where did you, how did you find it? What was the numbers? Kind of let's dig into that real quick. Yeah, so I'll, I'll kind of wrap into two deals, because here I am in a new town, I'm doing direct mail marketing because that's what I would learned from the internet. And I, I don't know, you know, fully what I'm like, how to really target that marketing, right? Yep. I'm just sending it out to areas I, I think I want to be in. And uh, the first one finds a, a woman who owns a manufactured home on, on her own land or on her own land. And, and she wants to sell it. And, and that was, I learned a lot on that first deal and I didn't get, I didn't even get to do the deal. I lost it. Money on it, just a little bit, but we had contacted her. I talked her through it. I'd put it under contract. I'd brought her all the way to title and escrow to find out that there was uh, an encumbrance on the property. She'd taken a down payment assistance program and they actually had first right of refusal. Oh, wow. So I had done all this work and me being so green, I, I took it a lot farther than where I should have started the title work. And I had already given her things I'd learned online. So you got to be careful. You got to yeah. bet. You got to understand the whole process before you try to jump to the end. So we had negotiated a deal. The numbers worked. Mind you, I'd never planned to buy a manufactured home in my life. I didn't know much about it. There's not a ton of them in, in California where I grew up. And they're more prevalent here. I now know them, love them. Flip them, send me all your mobile homes with them, mm-hmm. let's talk, let's do it. Yeah, um, great. That time I didn't know a lot about it. We got to that and, and she had a lot of problems and we're, I was there to solve them and it was going well. And, and one of those problems that turned out to get the deal done and get it across the line is she didn't have enough cash to uh, move all of her belongings out of there to other homes. So I, outside of escrow, giving her a thousand dollars to do that. And then Ouch. finally we went in to find out that this down payment assistance program, highly localized, a lot different than it is in the cities, had first rider refusal and they took it. I negotiated such a good deal. They took that house right back. Oh, wow. wow. So, so you uh, lost, you know, that you was the your... first learning deal. Yeah. So you lost, you lost your deal. Plus you lost your thousand bucks, but Hey, right. You learn from it, but do the preliminary title search before you start coughing up money, right, Garrett? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I've, I've not made that mistake ever again. And just to go back on losing that thousand dollars, it was I don't like to lose money. No one does, right? Right. And was it Warren Buffett has two rules of investing? Rule number one: don't lose money. Rule number two: don't lose money. Yep. Yeah. And and so it hurt my ego a bit. Did she know about it? Did she not? She owned it for quite a while. I know that a lot of people, when they take those kind of assistance or any kind of thing like that, they don't really know what those uh, details are. Yep. You know, 10 years down the road, she doesn't know what first right of refusal on sale means in there. So I let her keep the money because she did what she said she would. And yep. that's move all of her belongings out of there to Phoenix. And so what, what am I going to do? She, she held up her end of the bargain. I learned in a very expensive lesson, paid for someone's expenses yeah. and uh, charge it to the game. I'll never make that mistake again. Great story. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So before yeah. we go into the before we go into your next story, which hopefully is a success, Garrick, let's right. take a brief break, <laughs> hear a word from our sponsors, and when we come back, we'll talk about your success story, Garrick, as a real estate investor coming from San Diego to Phoenix. This episode of the Azria Show is brought to you by Azria Business Associate, Zona Law Group. Zona Law Group handles numerous real estate matters with a focus on landlord-tenant law in Arizona. For more information, visit their site at zona.law. All right, guys, we are back with Garrick O'Connell based out of Phoenix, Arizona right here. He is a subgroup member with IPO, subgroup income property owners. Uh, so Garrick, you moved from San Diego, you came to Arizona, you lost on that first deal. Why didn't you give up, man, after losing, after losing your money on that first deal? So you make your money when you buy. And that's, that's one truth that no matter what you learn about, how many YouTube videos you watch, how many books, no matter how many seminars you attend, that's always true. Yep. Always. When I negotiated that deal with that seller, even though I lost, those numbers worked. They were clear as day that I, if I purchased that property, did the renovations and kept as a rental or sold it, I was going to experience a, a huge return, a great return and solving all of her problems. Such a good deal that the company that had first right of refusal just snatched it right out from under me and said, whoop, there we go. We'll take yeah. that one back. So I, I knew I, I was onto it. I had, the marketing was working. The negotiations were working. The numbers were going to work. I was definitely going heavy on, on a profit margin to make sure that I could get it off the ground. And, and so I'm, I don't know. I'm relentless. I, I don't give okay. up. I've, I've been really, really fortunate in my life to have great jobs and I've only got a high school diploma and I've, and I've worked in offices, rooms, software, different stuff that I'm surrounded by people with degrees or, or experience that far exceeds mine. And, and I, I hope, and I, and I think that's cause I, I just don't give up. So tell us about, so you went through those, that, that trial and error. Basically what I tell people is God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, is testing you to see if this is really something that you want to do. Because some people, once they lose that money, they, they lose that first deal. It's like, oh, well, but okay, maybe this isn't for me. So when you got to, to deal number two, what happened? Tell us about that deal. Yeah, yeah. So this is a, it's a, a better story. It's a success. And, right. and that deal is, again, I've got this direct mail marketing and these postcards and letters going out. And I'm just, I'm new. I'm so green. I'm just firing these off on certain areas and zip codes. And, and here we go again. I get a response and this guy owns a manufactured home on, on its own land. And uh, mind you, I never, ever intended to buy a manufactured home. I've I'd only been in a couple in my life at that point. One was that first deal that I lost and, and just didn't know a lot about it, except that, man, these things are, they're really affordable and they, in, in Flagstaff, they're in great locations comparatively to some different cities. And, and so I, I get this call back. It's this older man and, and we just, we get into it and, and he says, you sent me 15 or 20 letters. What do you want? 
(laughs) And again, I don't really know how to control my marketing, right? So I say 15 or 20, there should have been three or four. (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Uh, but anyways, how are you doing? What's <laughs> what do you do? You have a property you want to sell, and real aggressive guy, not interested in talking to me. He said, "Well, maybe, maybe for the right price." And and so I take the meeting. I take the meeting, and it turns out he owns four of these mm-hmm. manufactured homes in the same community, and and that's why he's getting fifteen or twenty because they're all going to the same owner. Because that's yeah. my marketing is it's shotgun. I thought it was targeted, but uh, it was not. <laughs> So here I am picking up the bycatch, which is manufactured homes. I didn't even know that I wanted. And and so I I take the meeting and we go look at the one property with a a house on it. And the other three have no homes on them anymore. Hmm. So you Google search here, pro tip for you. When you use Google maps to look at the street view, check the date of that photo because they can be years apart. And for manufactured homes, they, they just throw them on a truck and take them out when they want to. Right. Wow. Right. So I looked online and these properties had homes on them. I went in person, only one had a home on it. And he wasn't interested in answering my questions on the phone. So I'm doing all the work I can do before I meet him. To tell you I was shocked was an understatement, man. Cause I, I showed up and I said, uh, well, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's had houses on, on the phone. On Google Street View, what do you want to do? <laughs> right, right. So, where's, so, where's the houses? So where's the the first property was a mobile or a single family? They're all manufactured homes. So all now four. you're looking at so, but now, but now you're there. Now I'm looking at one manufactured home and three lot, vacants and three vacant manufactured. Homes. These are all owned land. It's a really interesting, uh, cool community. They all have two car garages on them. It's a lot closer to looking like a townhouse community, right? Got it. Your your normal kind of like single wide community. So really neat community. And and so yeah. So it's it's a small town. My marketing's working, but it's not like I'm getting 30, 40, 50 calls from mm-hmm. sellers that want to sell their property. So I'm working everything that's in front of me as hard as I possibly can. Cause at this point it's I'm just I'm out there hustling. So I gotta get deals done to to make the business work and and, and I brought it back and, and I figured it all out and, and, and I went the distance on it. So we negotiated a deal. This guy, turns out he built the entire subdivision. It was oh, wow. his construction. The street names were his, his last name, his kid's oh, name. Wow. And uh, these were the last four that he still owned. And he'd been renting them out. And as people who owned the homes and leased the lots from him took off, he just didn't fill it again. And the rest of the community, except for his, he's the last one since he built it, were owned. So it's they either owner occupied or someone owned it and leased them out or rented them out, except for his. So we, we were able to come to terms and, and make a deal and 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 I had to learn how to to sell manuf- or how to work with manufactured homes yeah. to, to fill a lot, all of that. It's he started really, really high. I mean, astronomical. The guy's well-versed in real yeah. estate, right? He, he built an entire subdivision from the ground up and converted it from lease lots all the way to selling the lots individually. And these are the last ones he held. And, and uh, he did well. We did great. And so it was did a you, win-win situation. Did you purchase all? So there are four separate parcels. Yeah. Did you put your own mobiles on each lot? What did you yep. do? Yeah. So we, we took down all four. 
We took okay. down all four. We still own three. But so to, to do that, I didn't really know where to start, right? I never, now I'd been in three or four mobile homes in my life. And so I had to go <laughs> find out what they cost, how you purchase them, what it takes to place them, what it takes to sell them. And so I, I went far. I actually, I, I got a, a mobile, a manufactured home dealer's license in the state of Arizona because I wanted to buy them direct because we're going to mm-hmm. buy three at one time. So I wanted to get the best deal I possibly could. And here I am, I'm green, man. I'm just, I'm just doing everything I can to get to the end. And, and so I get this license, actually an open book test. So it's not a difficult <laughs> license to get. You pay for it. You take this test here in Phoenix for you. It's all done in, in Phoenix, even though I'm up in Flagstaff. So I had to drive down here to do it. I get this license. I start touring manufactured home lots, seeing the different brand names. And I decide I like Cavco's for what I want to do. And they have two manufacturers here in Arizona. And so I call over there. They're not really taking my calls, but I I don't like to, I just don't like to be ignored when I can Mm -hmm. uh, show Mm -hmm. up. So I start showing up at the, at the 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 manufacturing plant. Okay. The manufacturer. Yeah. (laughs) I was saying, Hey, how are you doing? I'd like to buy three manufactured homes. And then they're, the lady's like, okay, right. well, that's not how that works. And uh, then they bring someone else out and he says, okay, well, I don't know what to do with you. Then they bring someone else out because they supply the dealers. That Legally, I'm a dealer. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. I've got the paper and it, it, it turns out I've got to buy X amount of manufactured homes a year and have a physical location to display them to, to buy from Cavco that I wanted Cavco's. They have superior construction. They have really uh, nice styling interior, exterior. There's quite a few brands out there, but this is a nice community. These actually, these manufactured homes sell for quite a bit in the back then 200,000 plus. And then now they're, wow. they're creeping up to 300s. So I want the best for, for what I'm going to do because it'll have the best style presentation that all matters. And, and the cool thing about manufactured homes is you just pick it out like a car and it gets delivered, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you might as well get the nicest one you can if you're going to buy it from the source. So yeah, so they denied me. They wouldn't sell them to me and I don't, couldn't take no for an answer. So I just kept calling them to see what I had to do. I was trying to figure out, <laughs> okay, do I lease a lot and buy 20 homes, sell 17? Uh, right. I just kept calling the guy. I just kept picking yeah. up the phone. And he said, Garrick, I'm going to connect you with a dealer I know. And he's a deal maker. He's, he's up there in Flagstaff. Go talk to him and, and just go from there. And, and, and I connected with him and, and he was really generous. I mean, he did a really slight markup on, on retail. And I was able to take a few of his slots. Because the other part about buying direct is you, if you're a dealer, you get, say, 30 or 40 slots a year. So you're going to get five homes in January, five homes in March, something like that, right? To continue to have inventory to sell and show. And so he let me take some of his, which helps his volume coming out of distressed properties and and real estate. So it did help him. And and he helped me a lot, right? Because I I just knew I wanted to buy a Cavco and I was a dealer and I took that open book test and I was going to make it happen. I didn't well, even know what it took to get it delivered and installed and, or anything. Well, the main thing, Garrick, is, and this is what all 
successful entrepreneurs have to have, I would say anybody, entrepreneur or not, is that you have to have that determination. You have to have that willpower to say, no matter what, this is what I want to do. And whatever roadblock comes in my way, I'm going to figure out how to get over that roadblock. And that's exactly what you did. You're definitely a person to learn from when it comes to perseverance, you know, and tenacity. So, Garrick, what we're going to do is we're going to get our calendar of events update. And when we come back, let's talk about your your subgroup here, because I think that people really need to understand about buying income property and what they should do, how they should do it, and how you can show them the way to do it. So let's, let's take a brief break, have our calendar of events update. And when we come back, we'll talk about your income property owner subgroup. Here's a quick update on Azria's upcoming events. Join us August 4th from 6 to 7 p.m. for a Facebook Live wholesaling Q&A session with Mike and Marcus. You might even want to take it to the upcoming wholesaling class. The Build Your Wholesale Business Step-by-Step class will be August 14th and 15th. Don't miss out on our early bird pricing. For more information and to register, visit asria.org slash calendar. Okay, guys, we are back with Garrick O'Connell, and he is the subgroup leader of the Asria Income Property Owner subgroup. So, Garrick, tell me a little bit about your subgroup. Who should attend and why should they attend? Absolutely. So yeah, income property owners, buy and hold subgroup for Azria. We're the first Thursday of the month. And who shouldn't attend? We really cater to the single family home landlord and portfolio size anywhere from one to none, all the way up to, we've got some guys in there with a hundred properties plus and in between. So we really focus on, on the newer landlord and also current events and problem solving, right? If, okay. if you're a landlord, the problems don't stop. But if you run your business a certain way, you can mitigate your risk You can make sure that you're not out there fixing toilets at midnight. So I, I would tell you that any new landlord, someone who wants to get into landlording should come. We, we really do have a great group of regular attendees and, and myself so there's a huge amount of experience to, to lean on and learn from and all the way to the experienced landlords. I have quite a few guys who, who have been coming way, way longer than me, right? So I, I started going about six, seven years ago and only regularly four years ago where I met the, the woman who hosted it for a long time. Her name was, was Bobby Waymore and her, and her husband, Charles, and, and, and her brother would host it for a, a long time. She, she recently passed away oh, and, okay. and I had been co-hosting it with her for the last couple of years. And that way, Bobby built a business around lifestyle, which I was really, really impressed with. And that uh, gave her the ability to leave during the okay. fall of the hot months. And I would take some of them and still do what I want during the summer. So new landlords, experienced landlords come learn, we can network and, and teach each other too. So what are some, what Garrick, what are some of the things that you guys teach? So if I, if Mike was to come to your subgroup and he sits down and he's coming from, let's just say LA, what are some of the right. things that he would learn about being a landlord if he was green? Learning, right. No, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. So my background is acquiring the properties direct from seller, renovating them, to use as rentals, right? So there, there's a lot to that. 
going all the way from the stage of acquisition off mark to renovating a property for rental use, not for um, reselling at market value, not for living in, and then and then managing that as a single landlord. So I teach property management as as an owner, right? I don't, I'm not like any kind of certified teacher or this or that, but I but I do manage all of our properties from my cell phone. It doesn't matter where I am in the world. It's it's I can you know do that, manage that, and and that's a lot different than taking a property down and then handing over to a property manager. And and you're not going to learn much from that except that the bills keep coming. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where, what, who, how. And at the end of the year, you probably didn't make as much as you thought you did. Yeah, yeah. it's that that margin of the eight to ten percent, sometimes upwards from there that really eats up cash flow. So what do I teach? Yeah. I teach everything from not leaning too hard on the acquisitions because everyone's got their own strategy, but we explore different strategies of long-term rentals. And we have speakers that come in and, and share on different alternatives like short-term rentals, always hot with Airbnbs, VRBO, et cetera. But really focus on how do I take down a property and make sure the numbers work? How do I own and manage that property and make sure I cash flow because because that's that's the real reason we're in this business right yeah. we're, we're looking to cash flow on investments and and receive all the benefits that come after that appreciation and all that um, and so, so, from we, nuts, so from nuts to bolts you guys cover it from acquisition to financing to property management to possibly disposition and networking. So you guys have a lot going on at that group. Yeah. So any given month we're, we're on a different topic, but we always try to, to have a, a back and a forth. So it's, it's not always going to be and actually less speakers than there are around Robin, we call it, where you get to participate. I usually share some general articles for what's going on in Arizona, what I have some thoughts and opinions on it. We have uh, talk about it, maybe some any kind of projects, deals that I'm working on, group members that are working on, and, and then just we'll we'll dive into it and, and hopefully have a really exciting open dialogue of I just bought my first property, what do I do now? How do I lease it? Oh, okay, I'm on my 15th property. It's in this area. I've never bought in this area. I'm losing money on these. How come a water heater costs this much, etc.? We go across the board, right? You've got people in there that own large multifamily as also as well. And and we don't touch too much on multifamily, but I, I have a lot of interest in it. I'd love to own some apartments here. Yesterday, we have some fourplex and duplexes, but no large multifamily yet. So if you're watching, send me your multifamily deals. I want them. Yes, yes. Um, okay. That's great, so man. Yeah, it's so, across the board. So where do you guys meet at? And when, what day of the month was it again? Yeah, that's going to be the first Thursday of the month that uh, we just relocated to 7th Street. I don't know the address off the top of my head of the new location. So it's at the uh, grid, guys. At the grid, yeah, yep. on 7th Street. 5227 North 7th Street in Phoenix. So basically, what's that, Mike? 7th Street in Camelback? Yeah. And are you, are you guys doing the hybrid as well, online and in person, or are you just going straight in person? Uh, we're going to do the hybrid this coming, yeah, coming okay. right up on, on. So so there's absolutely no excuse for you not to be a part. So if you want to be in person, you can go to yeah. 5227 North 7th Street. If you want to do it on Zoom, you can register, get the link and do it from the comfort of your own home. So it's yeah. definitely an opportunity for you to do it 
either which way you decide. But if I could interject, the, the nothing beats the in-person yep. experience. Absolutely. So definitely, if you, if you need to be online, like Marcus said, no excuse, but getting in there, meeting everyone in person, having that experience, asking those questions, I mean, nothing beats that. So try to get in. Yep. Yeah. In person is, is my favorite. I never wanted to actually host an Azria subgroup. Like it wasn't on any mm-hmm. kind of a destination or plan. <laughs> I just, I would go to that meeting and Bobby who hosted it for so long would make this incredible spread, right? This home cooked meal that whatever it is, whatever month, freaking meatloaf, uh, salad, <laughs> sides, everything. Right. And I, wow. and I just, I would go and I'd, and I'd enjoy being there and she'd make you feel like you were home and a part of, and, and, and I wanted to give back. I had no clue how. So I asked her, can I help you clean up the food okay. or can I help you set up anything? Right. Cause I'm going here and we're, you know, I'm buying and owning rental properties and I'm coming every month with a list of questions on what do I do when this happens? This happens. How do I do this? <laughs> and I'm applying what I learned there month after month, year after year. And, and uh, finally she says, what, why don't you just help me host the group and, and host it when I'm out of town? during the the later year, later half of the year. And, and, and it's, if it wasn't from that networking and learning in person, I'd be a lot, I wouldn't be as far as I am right now. Yeah. You know, I, I I know I have ability and I'm capable and and I I go out there and I get it, but to be able to cut the curve by learning from experienced landlords, one-on-one direct in a group network, it's, it's a big deal. And uh, doing it in person makes a big, big difference. So, so what are you cooking this month? <laughs> yeah, coming dinner, dinner's on gear, guys. Come on, it's uh, it's part of the group. So once once things lighten up a little bit out there, the food will be back. Okay, Not home great. cooked, but Bobby used to she home cooked all of it. I That's mean, great. Roasted wow. chicken, ribs, whatever, month after month. So I've got big shoes to fill. So you can come. <laughs> and get all of your education that you want about being an income property owner, plus get fed, plus <laughs> network, learn about financing. Guys, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. So let's be in person first Thursday of the month at the grid, 5227 North 7th Street. Man, I, I know Garrett would love to have you in the group. Yes, yes. Yeah, love to love see it. anyone and everyone there. Really love doing it in person. I'm a, I'm a face-to-face kind of guy. This Zoom is, it works. It definitely is uh, more effective than I could have ever thought, but, I, but it, nothing beats face-to-face in person. How, I can't read over a screen if, if uh, you're asking a question on your face, if you're in fear of uh, yeah. this rental and what do I do? And, and when we're in person, I can, I can season on that and say, hey, you're asking me a question about this. Are you, you know, aware of this, 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 and this? And, and maybe you need to uh, think about that too. So, so guys, all of the information will be in the show notes or you can go to asria.org slash forward slash meetings with an S hyphen subgroups. So you can go to asria.org forward slash meetings hyphen subgroups. And there you can find all of the subgroups that Azria provides. So if you want to be a note investor, you want to be an income property owner, you want to wholesale, you want to do notes, you want to do fix and flip, (laughs) independent living, all kind of information is right there. So why go and pay $30,000, $40,000 for a mentorship when you got things that's based right here in your own backyard? So we would love to see you, you know, go to the calendar of events 
and we will see you at our next meeting. So Garrett, thank you so much, man. And parting, you got any last words for uh, any of our listeners? Yeah, but take the action, be mm-hmm. teachable, get out there. I spent a lot of time reading forums, websites, going to these meetings and, and nothing beats out taking action. So take your first action, show up to the meeting, be a part of a real organization, not just a, a login on a forum and, and get out there and be a part of and look forward to meeting anyone that wants to come to the meeting in person, anyone that wants to reach out on my social media or, or email me. But you got me every first Thursday of the month. If you want to come out, drill me with questions, tell me your hopes, dreams, what you've done, what you haven't done. So that's, that's as good as it gets. And, and we'll make awesome. sure we have all of Garrick's contact information in the show notes. So blow him up, man, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. You, you'll have his email address. So if you're really serious, honestly, if you're really serious, you, you're, you're connected with the right people right here. So no excuses. Let's get to work, people. Let's continue to uh, invest the right way in Arizona. Thanks for listening to The Azria Show with your hosts, Marcus Maloney and Mike Delpreet. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this information valuable, head over to azria.org and learn more about our community.